0: Northeast Florida, this is the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. Here are your hosts, Captain Don Taylor Jr. and Captain Ty McNeely. Hey, this is the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast. I am uh, Captain Ty McNeely.
1: I'm here with Don Taylor Jr. It's Captain Don
0: Taylor to you, buddy. What's up, buddy? How you doing? (laughs)
1: We have a special guest tonight. Uh, we're we're on lo- live on location at uh, the Black fly Cafe here in Jacksonville. And uh, we're uh, being blessed with uh, the man himself, Mr. Uh, Vaughn Cochran. How you doing, Mr. Cochran?
2: Very well. Thank you for coming. Appreciate hey, you guys being here. Thank you very much. Hey, thank
1: you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having man. us. And thank you for coming on the show. Um, so you and I were talking off air a minute ago about your love of fishing and love of uh, art. Tell, us, tell me again, since we're on here now, how uh, you intertwined the two, and at what age did you, uh, you said you loved art from a young age, correct? Yes. And then uh, you said one of your earliest memories was fishing with your father? That's correct. So, so let's just go I, from there, like how think, that kind of intertwined.
2: I think back on that time, you know, growing up in St. Augustine was a totally different town at that point. And it was a very small little redneck fishing village <laughs> call it what you want to but right. well that's you know. what it was yeah yeah and uh, so i i grew up in that atmosphere and i was telling somebody the other night that uh, i remember my mother and father ran the local western auto store in saint augustine and during the summer between june and the end of august every wednesday at noon all the stores closed and everybody went to the beach and go fishing and cook out on the beach and uh, all that sort of stuff it was a totally different time so that's kind of where i grew up but
1: isn't that, isn't that crazy how things were back then like that yeah. then? like they'd yeah. have like town parades and
2: oh
0: yeah well there was a sense of community back then and you, you yeah.
1: know and and it just i mean
0: i remember it as a kid when i grew up you know and i'm not i'm i'm in my mid-40s but i remember it was a, more of a sense
1: of a community than what we have today yeah exactly There uh, was patriotism back then you know love of country and uh community, like you said, there was, I think, you know, some, a lot of faith, I think, back then also, people and stuff like that, but, uh, in know, wild how like the stores would close down for the football game in the town. Yeah, or uh, <laughs> yeah. like you said, to go fishing. I think, I think that's awesome. I think, yeah. I think, I think we'd have had that now. Actually,
2: I, I was thinking about that too. <laughs> you know? So how? But you aren't allowed to cook on the beach anymore. So that was the. Is said, so obviously you can't. I don't think so. But, yeah, I don't think yeah. you can on any beach. Yeah. You can have open fires up
0: in Fernandina, Amelia, but I think it's uh,
2: you gotta you can have it,
0: but it's got to be in a pit and you gotta cover it back up. And yeah. I think well, there's
2: some. I mean, obviously there needs to be some kind of regulation on that. Oh, yeah. But but I mean, I still own the Coleman stove. That my family, you know, set up on the back of the car. <laughs> right. Wow, that's
0: just crazy. Hey, that's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, we. Is a probably boring uh, tidbit here, but we named my middle son is named his middle name's Coleman after oh, the, really? after, <laughs> the <snow>. yeah, <laughs> after the Yeah, uh, after the after the camping gear. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <clears> so it's true so story. So we
2: were we were talking. Uh, I you know I grew up fishing and uh, and I always. Uh, drew and you know I got in trouble for drawing in the margins of my books and you know I drew on everything it was was just something that I did I don't know it was just part of my DNA and uh, and I never got out of it I took art classes in high school and and, uh, then went to college and did you know did that transferred over to University of South Florida in Tampa and enrolled in the art department there and got a master's degree and then ended up actually teaching there for a short time and then I realized I wasn't probably a very good college professor.
1: <laughs> now, were you were you fishing during this whole entire time? Yes. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. That,
2: that's the main question. Though, yeah, anyway. we used to go frog gigging and uh, at the uh, Hillsborough River. Really? It, yeah, and fished over all, all over in Tampa. You know, it was. Uh, so when did your infatuation? You know, and
1: I'm not like I told you earlier. Uh, I'm not a big fly fisherman. Uh, honestly, I just don't know a whole lot about it. I mean, I've always either bass fished growing up. With a bait caster or now using a spinner reel a lot, uh, and to me using either one of those is hard enough as it is, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and, and trying to get an advantage. Yeah. And so I can't imagine like even you know using a using a fly rod. Uh, and so where did your love of uh, fly fishing come from, and you know, what got you into that? And obviously that's that's a big passion of yours. And so where did all that come from?
2: Well, when I when I moved to the Keys in 1972. Okay. And so at that time, the whole fly fishing thing was just beginning to evolve. I mean, there had been people doing it before that time, plenty of, you know, the, the old, the really old guides, not me, but the really old ones. <laughs> yeah, <I see. laughs> and uh, so everybody was fly fishing at that time. So it was a cool thing to do. And, uh, and I had done commercial fishing. Uh, rod and reel commercial fishing for yellowtail and kingfish and all that sort of stuff so I knew I knew fishing pretty well and honestly I was pretty intimidated by the whole fly fishing thing I said you know I've been fishing my whole life and I really don't want to go out there and look like an idiot trying to learn something new right. and that's yeah. not hard
0: to do when you're fly fishing and Well, I, think it's kind I, of how was, how,
2: I was really good at it <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of how
1: I feel now to be honest with you yeah. I, I, I had a 15 year old kid on my boat last week I'm sorry you 15 and he came with his father. In fact, his dad owns uh, Beach Boulevard Motorsports. Uh-huh. Andy. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Andy comes in. And uh, him and his son, Carson. And uh, Carson wanted to fly fish. I'm like, well, you stand back there then and knock yourself out, you know. <laughs> and the wind's blowing 25 miles an hour. And it's all wrapped around him. I'm like, having fun? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. But, I mean, I wouldn't even try it because, I mean, I like, I think I kind of had that, uh, I don't know, a, kind of a, fear of looking you know, like an idiot,
2: Yeah, I guess. Well, a, a friend of mine. Uh, when I was talking about this he said, you're crazy, come on so we got out on his boat and he stood behind me and he grabbed my hand and he showed me what that rhythm would be like I said, is that it? he said, yep, that's it I said, well, damn! I wish I'd have done this a long time ago, Go, right? <laughs> I mean, it, you have to practice because it's all about timing. It's not a strength sport, and that's why mm-hmm. women are really good at it because you know it's all finesse and timing. So, yeah. how old?
1: Were, how, I guess how old were you when you first? Oh, I was in my twenties. Also, oh, you're a little yeah. later in life, also. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't like
1: you were like out of the womb with a you know. Yeah. Okay. no, I
2: have a friend like that from Finland who lives in Charlottesville who's actually going to be joining us here in the store. Uh, and he's he's never held a spinning rod in his life. Wow. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah my oldest son, he's 23, and he's been fly fishing now for about 10 years. Really? Yeah, yeah, when we yeah. come up and we go fishing, that's all he'll do is yeah. fly, fly rod. And,
2: and uh, he's good at it. I, and, uh, it was funny, a guy came into the store, this was a couple of years ago, and he came in and he said, I'm really mad at you. So, <laughs> okay what what i do get in line buddy (laughs) what i do he said i hadn't been hunting since i bought this damn fly rod (laughs) (laughs) hey that's a a good problem yeah it is i mean it's just kind of funny that after a while when you're doing it you kind of get semi-proficient at it yeah you really don't want to use a spinning rod because you know you can catch them on a spinner right? right. right? But the, so, so, it's I mean, just fun to cast, you know? you
1: know. So and I ask people like Ty and other guys that I've talked to that they call themselves fly fishermen or fly anglers mm. or whatever you want to call them. You right. know, uh, there's fly, you know, there's fly guys, and then there's I think guys like to go out and say that they fly fish. You know, yeah. uh, what is it? Because when I ask these people the same question, no one can ever give me a An answer as to you know, so what is it about the fly fishing? What's what's the the affinity? I
0: I think
2: you know it's a process sport, fly fishing is, because everything is, you know, it's you don't just like, God, I don't know, I don't know how to. You just don't run
0: out and get some some mud minnows and shrimp and. I mean,
2: you don't need all that preparation. You can throw two flies in your pocket and walk out the door. But when you get to where you're going to fish. Then that then that whole thing changes because there's so many things that you have to be aware of like where the wind's coming from and this and that and the other but it's just fun to cast yes and there's a great pride in making that perfect cast and yeah. and then catching a fish on once you catch your first fish on a fly ride yeah. you're, you're you're done yeah. <laughs> and then if you start tying flies and you catch a fish on a fly that you've tied
0: Right. You know, That's something well.
2: you made up. Well, that's really so fun. The satisfaction uh, of you, like yeah. you doing I got So you.
0: what was your first fish that you caught?
2: A bass. A, a bass. A bass. Yeah, when I was about probably seven or eight years old.
0: So on uh, a fly
2: rod, what was your first? That was it. Oh, that was it. Yeah, oh, I got you. Well, it's not the first fish I caught. It's the first fish I caught on a fly rod. On ride. a fly rod. It was a bass. Oh, okay. wow! a yeah. fly yeah. yeah. But, but then, I'm you know, going, going to the Keys, you know, everybody's fishing, and, you know, it's your life on the water. Right. And right. Uh, so... You just kind of end up in the flow, and, you know, people are talking about fishing in bars and stuff. <laughs> you know? My kind of town. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's
0: everywhere yeah, exactly. Yeah, once you're down
3: there. Exactly. So, so uh, ahead,
0: yeah, sorry. do you have a preference of, of where you'd like to, to fish? Is it Bahamas, Atlantic Ocean, the, the 10,000 Islands, the Gulf? Where do, where do you like to be? This is,
2: this is what I've noticed. It kind of goes back to what's the appeal to fly fishing. I, I'm just as happy catching brim. Okay as i am catching sailfish i mean they're it's i don't know there's just something about it i just love yeah the process of fly fishing now i love catching (laughs) bonefish and and i've caught a few permit uh, on fly rod which is the most difficult fish to catch on a fly rod so uh, most people remember every permit they've ever caught on a fly rod and what time of day it was and the conditions and what they were wearing.
0: <laughs> so I know, I know we got some listeners that listen to us that are fly guys up in uh, Pennsylvania uh-huh. and, um, out in Montana. We got a few guys out there listening and, um, they have no idea what you just said about a permit. Um, can you explain it? Can you talk about a permit a little bit? What it? What kind of fish is it in the
2: habitat? And the- it's a kind of a round flat fish, like a pompano, uh, um, Uh, like a Jack Carval or something like that. They're very, very strong fish, very powerful. Uh, They are are essentially deep water fish, but they come up onto the flats with very shallow water, two, three feet of water to feed. uh, But they don't like being up there. But the food is so tempting that they can't resist. They can't resist. (laughs) Exactly. So they're up there eating crabs and stuff like that. So... Uh, to fool them into eating a fish, number one, they're looking over their shoulder the whole time, okay. just waiting to be attacked either from the air or from a shark or something like that. So any movement at all will send them off the flat at 150 miles an hour. So, I mean, it's, it's an incredible, uh, incredible thing to do. Uh, so uh, the, uh, a single fish feeding on the flats all by itself is the most difficult fish to catch the most difficult permit to now a permit in the deep water during the spawn uh you can throw a rubber boot out there
0: <laughs> <laughs> catch them on that yeah i see guys on television it's gonna, it's gonna be a little hard to tie a rubber boot yeah, but it is. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, i see guys on television and they're fishing like it's deeper water and they catch a lot of permit i mean some yeah. big permits too you know? oh yeah huge but i do see them uh a lot of those guys that, um, some of those real popular guys, too, that one of them's never even caught a permit, he set on the fly rod, hooked up, you know, and he's been spit and everything else, yeah. but just never uh, landed one in there. Uh, yeah. so.
0: so what
2: kind of size are we talking about here with these permit? Well, the uh, the, the last one that I caught uh, was probably 25, 30 inches okay. to the fork. Mm-hmm. Right weight about 28 pounds or something. Big but fish. Yeah, good size fish. Yeah,
0: so you're you're fishing heavy-duty wow. fly gear.
2: Yeah, mostly 10 weight rods. 10 weight. Uh, and 10 the way that the way the weights go on the rods, like a trout rod is a three or a four, a permit rod is a 10 weight, a bonefish rod is an eight or nine, sailfish and tarpon, you're looking at uh, 11 and 12 weights, and uh, tuna is like. 14 16 weight so for the for the amateur guy or the the guy that doesn't know how
0: do for you the correlate, in, in the table down here yeah <laughs> how do you correlate those numbers to like a spinning rod how, you know if you got a medium heavy spinning rod or with oh, a child or,
1: rod it's going to be a medium
2: light you know say i guess probably yeah, it's it's uh it's all geared toward the ability of the rod to fight the fish okay and so not how it bends or anything that that's an action issue of medium action light action that sort of thing so most fly rods, I'd say if you had to put it into a spinning rod... Like, for instance, we have a 9-foot, 4-piece spinning rod. Okay. And I think it's 8 to 12 pounds. Okay. Okay.
1: So it does give you a,
2: a rating, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you never know what so, you're... So as to an artist,
1: you, think, you probably have one. I'm just asking because I don't know the question. And then the answer, I should say. Um, do you design your own fly rods? I do not. Man, I... I I'm sure that you, I, really, you haven't uh, got
0: one down and painted on it yet. I see some of your artwork here, and of course you're online. And well, no, I just thought he, hes an artist. He, you know,
2: he designs everything yeah. else. That's for sure. He had his own line of rods, honestly. I really did. Now I design clothes and hats and all kinds of other and stuff. The rod would be right, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's part of that uh, merchandising thing that, <laughs> that, that Guy Harvey started. You yeah, know, like that, that, that guy. Thing. Uh, nobody's ever caught up with It kind, of,
1: kind of worked out a little bit for him,
2: didn't it? Yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah. So, what, so how come
1: you never designed your own fly rod? Just well, crazy.
2: you know what I figured out? I, I designed a reel once, and I had it made in China, and it was a really nice reel. But most people, it's like if you're a Ford guy or you're a Chevy guy, A Chevy guy's not going to go buy a Ford. Right. Okay. I don't care what. (laughs) Uh, I'm with you. So most of the big, there's three or four different flyer uh, reels, and they're like, you know, that's what you buy. Right. I got you. And so if you buy the black flyer reel, it's like, well, who's that? Who's that? (laughs)
3: Right.
2: You know? And uh, as much as I think my company is the greatest company in the world (laughs) very successful it's not as good as a t-board or or uh you know a hatch or one of those other reels it doesn't have the
1: problem what the brand recognition you
2: think yeah no totally yeah Yeah. totally and so what we've done with our brand is we went into the service industry so we have the black Fly the restaurant in st augustine parts 185 seat restaurant full bar the whole deal uh, and here where we are now is the Black Fly Cafe it's actually inside the fly shop right and uh, so it's another little kind of a, a scenario that we've come up with that seems to work you know it's nothing like shopping with a beer as sure. far as I'm concerned so that's, that's the way you would say that someone asked me today
0: where we were going to be and I said the Black Fly Cafe uh-huh. they said oh is that by the shop yeah. so what you're saying is it's in the shop actually in the shop
2: I got you okay, yeah. Yeah. okay. that's good okay. Yeah. I got you. we actually have a wall in between the shop and the cafe, solely for the purpose of keeping the dogs out of the cafe. because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they would be in here begging.
1: <laughs> hey, I was I, on television, I think, we talked about earlier, I saw you on the show. Tell us, I think you were you were talking on the show about uh, your logo, that little tiny. Yeah. Like, tell me, tell yeah. us about the listeners about that and tell us about that, because I thought that was really interesting. Well, the and pretty black
2: cool. fly logo. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. The, uh, uh, in college, I studied art. And I, I, there was a lady, an oriental lady, that was teaching a, uh, a, it's called Sumi Brushes, that bamboo handle brush with the hairs on it, you know. And there's a certain technique to holding the brush and mixing the paints and meditating and all that kind of stuff. So I was very interested in that. And I took a class and I learned how to paint vegetables and birds and, like, you know, the, the typical...
3: Typical art class. Yeah, exactly. Stuff, you yeah. know,
2: bamboo. So... Uh, so anyway, I kind of that kind of went by the wayside, and I was doing other things. And then in Key West, I uh, decided that uh, uh, I had the idea that I was going to paint a fly with that brush. I was thinking, Wow, I wonder what that would look like, you know? So, uh, so I went upstairs and did the whole routine, and, and I started painting, and I and I painted I painted the first fly, and I went, Ooh, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I painted another one. I painted another one. And the the day went on and I ran out of paper and I started getting grocery bags and cutting them up and painting on the grocery bags. And and pretty soon I I had painted over 300 flies. Wow. Wow. And I went back through it and started picking out the ones that were distinctive. Because sometimes you get in a, you know, there's a certain brush stroke and you do that 10 or 20 times, you say, okay, I worn that out. Right, right. So, 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 anyway, then you start another one. So, anyway, I picked out probably 10 flies, and one of them was the fly that we now use as our logo for the Black Fly. fly. See, yeah, I, I think that's so cool to hear the backstory. That, yeah. Oh, yeah. That the things like that, you know, I think that's just, you yeah. uh, that no, I also designed the fly for Jose Wahevi. oh yeah the the Spanish fly great great guy I met Jose
0: uh, down in Key West a few years ago and we were going to do a run from Key West over Yucatan Peninsula Mm -hmm. and he had made that trip several times and um, so he was a great source of information for us very nice guy just uh, told us everything we needed to know about the trip how to prepare for it right and um, we took off across there we had two or three boats with us and uh, had a great trip and and come back and so yeah that's a he was a,
1: he was a, big, a good guy in the lost Big loss to the community. I, yeah, I, you know, yeah. as a kid growing up, you know, back in the day, remember there wasn't a whole lot of television you know, fishing shows. Right. And he was one of them. Well, you right? had Monroe I mean. Campbell. Well, I, don't, I don't recall that one. <laughs> I know about Do Bill you recall
0: Bill. which was it? Monroe Campbell. I don't know. He was a freshwater that. guy.
1: But yeah, Monroe yeah. Campbell. Yeah, Monroe Campbell. Uh, yeah, you're saying Monroe. It's Monroe. Monroe. I was, I was there. confused.
2: I thought it was Monroe County. Monroe Campbell. <laughs> I,
1: he totally threw me off, too, but I knew, I knew Monroe Campbell as yeah. But, uh, you know, Bill Dance back in those days. Uh, and then Jose, I mean, so that's the two I yeah. as, grew up as a kid. I remember that's pretty much I was on well, television. You know, day, we huh? were
2: talking earlier about that ESPN lineup because yeah. I did a lot of those shows on Saturday with Fly Fishing the World and Fly Fishing America, and, yeah. and then I did some shows with Jose. And, and how much fun it was that my partner in the Bahamas, Clint, was – Made a comment one time we were sitting around talking, and he said that it was always great to wake up on Saturday morning and wondering where Flip was going to take you. Right. <laughs>
0: yeah. So you fished with all the you. you fished oh, yeah. with
2: Flip Pallet. How about Lefty? I see you got a thing here, with Lefty Cray. Well, actually, I never fished with Lefty, but he and I used we go to the same shows, uh, you know, the fishing shows and tackle shows, and the, and I started painting uh, pictures of Lefty. And uh, every time he would see me at the show, he'd say the same thing. He said, "Do you think I look like that?" <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Do <laughs> you think I look like that? You need glasses.
1: <laughs> so you've been. So how long have you been in, in,
2: in the fishing industry and around the but how many years? Oh, no, I'm
1: not dating yourself, but I mean, you no, may, no. And, I, I, and I'm going to ask you a follow-up question. That's what I'm asking. Well, you I, I,
2: honestly, when I moved to Key West is when I really became involved in the fishing industry, and uh, and then I reached the, the other, the next level when I started working with uh, some of the some of the tournament boats that came to Mexico where I was living at the time, uh, fishing Isla Mujeres for the big sailfish run that happens in the spring, and and I started meeting all the celebrities and. All that sort of stuff, and
3: then, so if you could put
1: your finger on a couple of things, uh, how you've seen just the finished the fishing industry change, what would a couple of those things be in your mind that are like that would just stand out over over I guess over that span
2: of time? Uh, obviously the tackle. Mm-hmm. I, I mean that's a you know the biggest technology. Thing. Yeah, technology yeah. yeah, that's the biggest thing, and and interesting enough, I've been asked that question before because I was in the Keys and I went there in 1972 and. The fishing was pretty good there, but but it wasn't as good as it was later.
0: Right. Really, it or really, not. really, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. And I think because of the protections and things that were in place at the time, uh, you know, there's a couple of no-take zones outside <laughs> of there that are that are really. It's spectacular to see what's happened just.
0: Mm-hmm so the conservation efforts there really absolutely. improve the fishery absolutely yeah and that's absolutely. important and that's you know we need that and that's what we stress a lot of times we talk as, about it as yeah, on my charters
1: i'm i'm one of the guys that i mean i get frowned at sometimes uh, but uh you know you know you know we all know what the limits are here but i've got certain limits on my boat and oh yeah i have them all the time call me and, and they'll want to argue me about it and i'm like well you know you, you're more than welcome to go find someone else, or else exactly you, or else you call my boat and you can either do this this or this you know and, yeah. and i'm very that way about it and uh I've taken some heat for it, but I just think that we need to um, be more conservation-minded.
2: I mean, almost You definitely. know, I mean, I've heard stories, and I'm not out on the water as much as I used to be. But uh, you know, when they changed the limit on redfish, you could take two instead of one. Yes. And and I know a lot of guides; they continue to not take any, right? Or or one.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah.
2: and that's what I think most responsible people would do. Because what are you going to do with two fish? You know. Right.
0: <laughs> well, and and you get a lot of captains that'll have two or three um, customers on the boat. Right. And so they'll take their one per vessel limit.
1: Right. So well, they'll th- take
0: six. They'll take six and they'll keep or, his, or, his, six or eight.
1: Keep his two also. And yeah. I just yeah. think
0: that's just, yeah. Problem. So they might keep eight for a, for a vessel limit. And, um, you know, if you got a guy that's fishing four trips a week, you know, for 10 years, yeah. that's a lot of fish that's being yeah. taken out of the fishery.
2: But that's probably somebody that didn't suffer through, uh, the, while they were netting, and understood what the consequences are of yeah. something like that. I remember catching trout for years. I could not catch a trout over thirteen and three quarter inches because right. <laughs> the limit word. was fourteen. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> they just didn't exist, you know. Right. So, so you've
1: seen the conservation, I guess, obviously change a lot over over the time and oh, yeah. the technology. Absolutely. Uh, if there's something that you
2: could campaign
1: and like... Change uh, in the future, what would that be?
2: Gosh, I think getting rid of plastic junk in the ocean is uh, yeah, is a huge thing. In the Bahamas, uh, we're we're like, fortunate like, like kayaks. Yeah, i was. I thought
0: that but i wasn't gonna
2: say it we took a lot of that's heat that's funny it,
1: it, after going break i'll tell you the back story then you, you have no idea think it's real how, funny then
0: you have no idea how funny
2: that is you can't, how much heat
1: i got over that buddy
2: well uh, you know i uh, one of the art things that i that i've done before was you know it's called found objects putting you know junk together mm-hmm. you know and you used to have to go to the junkyard to To get really good found junk right well now all you gotta do is walk down the beach yeah and our our beach in the bahamas is interesting because we're exposed to the open ocean so anything that's floating out there will wash up on that beach Uh, it's it's appalling and exciting at the same time because (laughs) it's exciting because all the great stuff but it's appalling because of all the stuff right you know it's a shame that that, you know that, that we
1: as people don't take better care of our resources even well know, and
2: it's worldwide too it's, it is it's,
1: worldwide but even, yeah. but even our some of our uh, and I don't want to get too political here but yeah. even some of our businesses that we have in our area mm-hmm. that just dump dump oh. I've had charters where I've had these folks were in town monitoring the pollution the sure. air the water levels I mean they've all been on my charters and they just the numbers that they're telling you is just um, yeah, it's staggering and then they get fined and they, they scratch a check for it it's like it's well you, even down, see down south see you next year it's, yeah. it's amazing to me that they don't
0: you know south florida's got the issue of the port st Lucie river on one side and the right. uh was it caloosahatchee on the other yeah. uh, you know and the the mills and what of the power plants or whatever saying they're doing the right thing and they've built those artificial um wetlands and and but it's the water temperature that's coming out of these places the water may be clean yeah but it's 25 degrees warmer than what it should be ever and to me that changes the biology i'm not a biologist i, I don't know about all mm-hmm. that i just there has to be um, a downside to that. I well, think. You're in the Bahamas down there. Aren't the
2: cruise ships
1: real bad
0: about? Well, that's
2: that's what I was going to say. I remember in the Keys in the early years, uh, you like every Tuesday morning I would get out on the flats, and the ocean is littered with plastic, styrofoam cups, and paper and crap because just garbage in general, isn't it? The cruise ships, as soon as they left the port, they threw all their garbage overboard. Wow, that's And that's terrible, now terrible. That, that came to an end pretty quick because everybody was, you know, appalled at that. Uh, but I think you look at the. the who the, would do that? Though? That's why I don't understand. I mean, I mean, I don't well, understand the businesses.
0: The, the businesses were throwing it out, right? I mean, no, it
2: was the cruise ships. The cruise ships were. Yeah,
0: yeah, but the the crews. That was their the procedure, line. I guess, right? Yeah, yeah it was yeah.
2: all the junk. I mean, I own a restaurant. I know what kind of stuff gets thrown out, and that's right. what got thrown out. <laughs> right. You know. So uh, so what 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 we found walking along the beach in the Bahamas that we have a I had the most incredible collection of of hard hats <laughs> <laughs> really hard <laughs> i had 30 something hard hats that i picked up off the beach and some had barnacles on them wow. some were broken but they that's, you know that's odd, though, but i mean it? it was just stuff off of those ships that you know there would be guys are working on the deck and the wind comes along and blows their hat oh, over right. and, yeah, and uh, it's like a pickup truck driving down the road and and paper stuff's going out in the back well the guy Probably had no intention whatsoever of throwing that out the window. Right. But, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's out the window. Now. It's out the window. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah. put in
1: Arlington this morning, just real quick, and uh, daylight, and I left the ramp, and it didn't go 50 feet, 100 feet, and, and it was just what we're talking about. I couldn't believe all the, the wood, and it just. I, I guess it must have been a spill from somewhere because it was all accumulated together, mm-hmm. and floating at one time. And, uh, of course, you reach down. I reached down. trying to pick up this, you know, about like two by six. Right. I <laughs> didn't want to hit it, for God's sake. i are supposed to hit it. So right. I put that on my boat. And it, but it's just, I started looking around, and it was like paper cups and, uh, you know, yeah. the milk jug. And it's like. Yeah. You it's can like spend five. all day. Oh, yeah. So yeah. It's yeah. just, I just don't, yeah. I don't get it. You know, I'm just. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, to, you know, they don't, they don't protect our resource. I mean, just. But they'll be the first ones to bitch about, you know, something being wrong with it.
0: Oh, yeah. So one of the questions that we always like to ask, and, and it seems, because we get emails or whatever. What was your craziest day on the water been in your lifetime? We've all had one, you know, something that just ranks out there above everything else, you know, just in a matter of chaos, crazy, um, exciting. Now, in
2: Key West, you're asking a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, just one? <laughs> yeah, just one loaded question. <laughs> was this during Fantasy Fest or not? Uh, yeah. No, you know what? I've, I did a show uh Called Fly Fishing America with a guy by the name of Chad Foster. And he'd never, he'd always been a a fly fisherman, but in fresh water. So he decided he wanted to catch a tarpon. That was the theme of the show. So uh, I took him to a little baby tarpon spot uh, that I had an early morning spot. It was only good like nine days out of the whole year, believe it or not. The conditions had to be exactly this certain scenario that it had to be. So, uh, so, anyway, I took him there and he missed every single fish that he hooked.
3: <laughs> I beat
2: mean, him, we must have jumped 20 fish and he never got past like 30 seconds.
3: <laughs> right. it happens. So, yeah.
2: so, anyway, we decided to go out on the ocean front. So, we're out there and, and uh, we just get set up and I see a fish coming and film crews, they're screwing around doing something, however. So, anyway, Chad managed to get the fly out. And, and he hooked up this fish and the camera guys had no idea <laughs> that he was gonna do this because he hadn't all morning
3: long. Right? He probably morning <laughs> didn't he. Right. So right. They said, Yeah, we're gonna waste our time, yeah.
2: So anyway, so anyway he got hooked up and everybody jumped into action. They filmed the filmed the tarpon jumping and, and him being excited and all that stuff. So anyway the fish started heading out for a little deeper water, so I had to crank up the motor. And uh, so we're following the fish, and all of a sudden the fish start swimming back to shore. And I thought, this is not good. It's got to be a shark. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, so the fish passed us, going <laughs> heading towards <laughs> going shore. the shore. <laughs> right. And the guy's reeling as fast as he can. And all of a sudden, here comes a hammerhead. It's probably 12 feet long. Oh wow. my gosh. And the uh, and the hammerhead attacked the the tarpon. First thing they do is bite the tail off, right? Because oh, that wow. way. Yeah, he's got no motor, and right? Right. And uh, so, I mean, th- this guy was—he he, cr- he cried. He mm. was that affected. You know, you know.
1: it's it, it affects. I don't want to sound like a puss, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't like to see that either personally. I mean, yeah. I, they don't want you picking a tarpon up out of the water to take pictures and, right. and other safety precautions for them. But um, I, I know it's uh, I guess nature of the beast and cycle of life and all that good jazz. It, but, yeah, it is. But I still hate to see like on one of those like. Um, the world tarpon tour I like watching yeah. that watching that show yeah but just to see you know these guys cranking in tarpon, you know big you know eight foot tarpon 200 pound and just he can't go anywhere so he's kind of helpless yeah. and then some fit some sharks come up and just yeah I, I hate to see that I just I don't, I don't like that myself
2: yeah and that was I mean it wasn't an, an exciting day but it's a day I'll never forget on oh, the yeah water. I'm sure and that was uh, I mean I've seen Especially a 12 foot herring. that's a big shark well yeah. that was yeah. on a TV show too crazy right so, that's crazy, dude. Right. so uh, that was probably uh you know, I will call it a low light right. <laughs> of my uh, uh, of my guiding career. Right. Uh, yeah, but we, so many things happen every day. I mean, I another couple I took out, and we we chase fish and we cast at fish and we I don't know we must have seen a hundred fish of different kinds and we never caught a single fish the whole day. And we were going in, and the lady said to me, she said. I've never had more fun fishing and not caught a fish. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Those are the guests you want to have. Yeah,
2: I mean, yeah. but it was exciting all day long. We were chasing fish, and there were fish everywhere. Right. We just couldn't
1: catch one. Right. Hey, Mr. Cochran, I had a charter uh, last week, and these folks, uh, they decided to uh, do a charter with me uh, for their anniversary. They've been married 31 years. So I thought that was cool. And we get out there, and we caught some pretty good redfish early in the morning, and then it kind of died out. Well, I wanted to put them on a big, big redfish. Uh, we already caught like a 26 and a 25, so, but and that was their first redfish. But I said, you know, I, I got a spot. Where I put you on. The, the time's getting right. I'd probably catch you a 30 plus, you know. So we get out there. Hook one, breaks it off in the dock. Hook one. I'm like, y'all need to, as soon as you soon as you set the, set the hook, make sure you're getting back. Breaks another one off in the dock, you know. I'm like, okay. Finally, after two hours of this, we land one in the boat, 33 inches. Good fish now, you know. Well put him in the live well because I don't like taking pictures exactly where i catch fish. At, you know right. <laughs> how that goes now. Unfortunately, you know, so we just go up maybe a hundred yards where we're from and you get the fish out, you know, get the 25 and the 24 out, you know, and whatever it was. And a little flounder they caught, you know, they thought the flounder was the coolest thing. <laughs> so you have all the fish we caught, flounder, you know, but, uh, get this, you know, 30, you know, 30 plus inch fish out. Walking back there and I had them sitting down and I had have a huge So they're sitting down on my center console. She's sitting here, and he's sitting on the cooler beside it. I said, okay, y'all ready? Here's how you grab your fish. He's I got it. Two hours now. Let me just reiterate. Two hours (laughs) of bus bus, uh, trying to catch this this fish. Walk up there and hand him the fish. I said, you got him? He goes, I got him. I said, okay. So I walk back to get the other fish for him, and all of a sudden I hear something, and and the fish is going like this in the air. (laughs) And then two two baubles and it right in the water. <laughs> Never got a picture of the fish. Camera shy fish. And I mean, after busting ass for two hours uh, like that, uh, so that was pretty crazy last yeah. time. <laughs> I mean, it, it was funny, but at the same time, I was like, what the fuck? you know. It, and so, but uh, they were good sports about it though, and plus they had some other good fish. But uh, that was pretty crazy yeah. just here recently. You yeah. know? that's funny. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. But, so. Yeah. I was. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No,
0: I was just going to say we're here with uh, with Von Cochran, the uh, owner, proprietor, proprietor, owner of uh, Black Flag Cafe. My question is, how does a guy that's a fisherman, um, a um, artist, entrepreneur, how does he
2: get in the restaurant business? That's a really good question. <laughs> yeah,
1: that loaded, too?
3: <laughs> well, I don't the, know if that uh, well, one's loaded, but yeah. yeah. No,
2: it, it's interesting because after a while of living in the Keys, uh, I decided to start managing fishing resorts. I just got tired of guiding, <clears throat> physically tired of guiding. Mm-hmm,
3: right.
2: And uh, so each one of these resorts that I ran, I lived in Belize and Mexico and Costa Rica, uh, Bahamas. It's like you've been roughing it. Each <laughs> each one of those places you own a lodge, you have to feed your guests. So there's always that food and beverage element in every single of those operations. You got to run a kitchen. You got to run a bar. You got to you know you're the electric company. You're you're the water company. You're everything if you manage one of those lodges. So um, so when I moved back to St. Augustine, which is where I grew up, 40 years later. Um, I had a little store, uh, on Avalese street. And then I met a a guy, Mike Hyatt, who is my current partner in the restaurant in St. Augustine. So anyway, we became friends and I started going to his restaurant collage, which is maybe the most famous restaurant in Northeast Florida. Um, and, uh, so we became friends and I ate at his restaurant and we went fishing together and all sorts of stuff. So at some point down the road, uh, we were having uh, we were having Thanksgiving dinner, actually. And he said, what do you guys think, talking to my wife, Jean, and I, what, what do you think about a, a seafood and steak restaurant in St. Augustine? I said, well, that's, that's a pretty good idea. Y'all ought to do that. He goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> we? There's a we in there. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> he said, no. I've, he said, I love the Black Fly. I think it's a great, you know, the logo, the brand and everything. You have national... Exposure. Everybody knows, you know, that brand. He said, you have merchandising, you have everything that you need to do. He said, we need to do a black fly at a restaurant. I said, are you sure you want to name a restaurant black fly? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah. So, so it's funny, people up north go, why in the world would you name a fly? Yeah, I <laughs> you know? never thought about it you said it, but now you right. said it, I'm like, yeah, I kind of <laughs> see where that would be kind of a... So, so anyway, that's how I ended up in the restaurant business. And once we did that, then we had a chance to have this bigger store actually... Uh, Probably people around Jacksonville will remember Gene's Seafood. That oh yeah, were, Gene's There actually. were many, many mm-hmm. of Gene's restaurants all, all around Riverside, the city. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and this was one of their one of their locations. And so they they just gave a, gave it up and sat empty for three or four years actually. And I kept walking by this door because our shop was down the down the walkway a little bit here, and I'd go walking from my store to the Strike Zone. And I kept thinking, man, I wish somebody would would open a restaurant there <laughs> <laughs> there's that we thing again yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, what in the that's, world was i funny. thinking <laughs> so but anyway i saw the space and i said you know what i'm going to put the fly shop here because it's right next to it's in dave workman's front door you right know? it's a good, great location yeah, yeah. exactly it's so, a no-brainer uh, really so once we realized once we got in here and saw that the kitchen that they had for uh for for, for uh, jeans was huge so basically we just cut that kitchen in half and took half of it and made it part of the store and the other half we made a little a smaller kitchen so we're able to do the cafe and you know do that so that's that's how I ended up doing this and uh you know it's it's a great little restaurant it's a it's a scratch kitchen um you know we make everything we don't I don't think we own a can opener. Right. <laughs> the food's good here.
1: We, I eat here. Like I said, I come here about twice a week. The girls know me here, you know, and uh, yeah. I, I, I'm mingling there. Even though I don't fly fish, I buy some stuff and send. You know, I look around still, you know. Uh, you know, it is funny. You walk into the same place. It's not, it, nothing changes, but you walk around in every aisle just to make sure something doesn't change, right. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and, it's like uh, looking in
2: the refrigerator. Absolutely, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly right. There you Perfect. That's right. I
1: always ask everybody this, too, uh, and maybe it's a kind of a generic question, but, uh, what would be your uh, favorite fish to catch and why? There's a, a lot. Tough of, that's, a the really,
2: that's a really hard one. I mean, like, as I said earlier, I'm just as happy catching a brim as I am a mm-hmm. sailfish on a rod. It's a but, tough question if you really think but, about it. But, you know, I did, a, I did a piece of artwork for a guy not long ago, and he said his dad, who's turning 80, has been bone fishing his whole life. And he said, I'd like to get you to do a piece of bonefish artwork and, and then write something on it for his birthday. I said, okay, I'll I'll do that. So I did the artwork and then then I had to come up with something to say. I said, God, what am I going to say that resonates with somebody that's been bonefishing their whole life? What do I have to add to that? And I thought about it and thought about it. I said, you know, one interesting thing about bonefish is that you're just as excited about the last bonefish that you caught as the first bonefish. That yeah, yeah. that wow. enthusiasm never changes, and I and I wrote that down on the on the artwork. He oh, said cool. his "Dad cried." <laughs> <laughs>
3: that's, that's, really, that's
1: really cool, though. Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. And, it's, and it's really true. It's probably and you know, I love catching permit because they're hard to catch and everything, but I don't know bone fishing Goldfish. is. Uh, it's just one of those things. Every fish is different, but yet, you know. I just haven't had the yeah. opportunity to get out. I, I'm, yeah. When I get some
1: time, I'm a good owner and do it. I just haven't had to. You just you know, how life is. You get busy and then. I mean, I did check off several good fish this past year. I've mean, yeah. you know, 200-pound tarpon and real real big, big snook, but that's still film. It's okay, just one of those best. things
2: that's fun because you can wade and yeah. you, it's real right. personal. You know? yeah. right. So but, we don't, we're we going to, we're about,
0: you know, we're getting in there. We're going to about wrap it up here with you okay. here in a minute. I was going to ask but, him
1: just two more questions if so you don't yeah. mind. <laughs> I, hey, I, <laughs> go ahead. This, I'd love to have him here for well, no, the next you two go, hours. But, uh, no. One thing, we I, met I your wife. She's a Swiss, she can be. Jean, great, Jean, great. Jean's great. actually
2: the proprietor. <laughs> she's <I> would, <laughs> she's the owner. She's I would like to give a disservice though, to point. her
1: if we didn't talk about her for a second because she kind of facilitated this, you know, and uh it. Oh, yeah, she and, took uh, care of us. Yeah, she yeah. took care of us. And so, uh, you know, our lifestyle, it can be crazy. I mean, you know, somebody calls, you got to go. You know, how, you know how it is, a lot of traveling and stuff. And I know my wife, she's uh, she puts up with my mess after, you know, like I said, keep teaching kindergarten all day. So uh, tell us real quick about how you met her and how long you've been together and all that kind of
2: good stuff. Dar- Jean and I's story is really interesting because when I was living in Mexico, I lived in Isla Mujeres, which is the, right off the coast of Cancun. Okay. Very small island, uh, but a great place. And I went there, uh, actually went there when I was living in Texas. I had another store out there and uh had this girlfriend she said oh we're going on this trip i said where are we going she says we're going to east of i said great <laughs> right. so you know we fly fly to east Harris and get off the airplane and walking around the town i thinking i'm gonna move here yeah and i went back and sold everything that i owned and at that time i was able to liquidate my business and all that other stuff and I just was tired it wasn't problem with Austin, Texas is it's not on the ocean right oh yeah, yeah. so so anyway I moved I moved to Eastwood Harris, and I started a company and I'm doing tours and you know lining people up and selling wholesale tour packages to all the big uh, tour companies Sandborn Sanborn Tours at the time or whatever name mm-hmm. one I sold them to everybody so so anyway I'm living on the island and everything so one night I'm out Having drinks and dinner and all that sort of stuff, and maybe too many drinks. This he's just trolling. Night. <laughs> 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 and uh, so I'm walking back to my uh, back to my room, and uh, these guys are out on the street, and they go, "Where's Where's this place called Bujos? And Bujos is a Spanish name for owl, so it was the night owl, <laughs> and it was a bar on the beach. A great, everybody was there. So I'm I'm on my way home. And so the guy says, where is it? I said, well, you go down here and yeah. I said, eh, yeah. I'll just show I'll you. I'll just show you. <laughs> <laughs> Famous last words. You know words. where that was going. Oh, yeah, you're in like, trouble. Yeah. That's like hold my beer, right? <laughs> 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 so uh, so I walk in uh, to the bar, and one of my expatriate friends was sitting there with this table full of people, and Gene is sitting there with uh, one of the local guys. So I just promptly went and sat myself down next to her. Smart guys, yeah. (laughs) And and then that's how we met at a beach bar in Mexico. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all been together how long now? Oh, gosh, Gosh. 25 years or something. That's cool, though. Yeah. That's that's really uh, neat. And, you know, uh, Jean was there doing, she speaks Spanish fluently, and uh, uh, her degree's in Spanish and all that sort of stuff. so. She was there doing, she was an interpreter for an archaeological tour. So that's how she ended up in the area. Talking about timing, in it? Yeah, exactly. That's what me and my
1: wife say all the time. We dated 13 years ago. Not this is about us, but just dated for like maybe a month or two, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, see each other for 13 years. And just happened to run into her in Daytona and... Ever since, we've been together, ever since then, but it's like, but it's timing, though. You know, that, that's what's so crazy about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing no. how it.
0: You could have turned left. Oh yeah, but you didn't. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. right. that's, that's my point. Yeah. Oh yeah. well, yeah, it's, it's weird how that
2: kind of stuff happens. Yeah, it's amazing if
1: you really truly yeah. really, 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 really think about it. It's, it's the timing, and just like you said, you could turn left. Or you could have went straight, or you, right. know, you just never. It's just. Well, Jean, uh,
2: I'm really proud of Jean. One of the things is I did teach her how to fly fish, and everybody says never right. try and teach your spouse. Like how it. to do anything <laughs> but, yeah, well it's true. less
1: fly fish yeah they would be kind of hard not taking lessons from you, you can, can assume
0: know. that she's a woman she already knows how to do it yes, exactly. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah. ask her yeah she can do it
1: yeah you also, um, said that the, the comments on yeah, the show. Right. <laughs> I said some comments of Don Taylor Jr.
0: <laughs> so I did. No. Someone did tell me that you were a little bit of a musician as well.
2: Yes, yeah. I did that. And did uh, that a long time I ago. I think there was a
0: video out there floating on uh, Facebook one time. Uh, you were playing uh, some instrument on
2: stage down in yeah, Key West, I believe. Yeah, I, I played music for a long time, and uh, I played with Jimmy Buffett. Oh, wow. Uh, wow! I was in. I was the. I was an original member of the Coral Reefer band, and. Uh, and that meant the whole band was me, Jimmy, and Fingers Taylor from Monica Blair. Wow, no kidding. <laughs> And that was, we toured the first album, a white sport Pope coat and a pink crustacean. Wow. And it was my first time in New York City. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The whole the yeah, this whole guy's deal. pretty awesome. I was just like, yeah. he's, so he's kind of a really big deal. Isn't he? Yeah, he's a big
1: deal. <laughs> so yeah, is I'm the, glad I didn't know all this. For, I'd have been like a nervous wreck. So I'm glad <laughs> I did kind of I knew who he was,
2: but I didn't know all this. Well, you know that was a long time ago. No. So okay. I've always been
0: interested in the name, of the Coral Reefers. Is yeah, it a play know, on words, or uh, did it actually uh, have to do with you know, the reef? You know, that's a
2: question for Jimmy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the guys in the Songwriter Hall of Fame. And oh yeah, I, the, he's made a little bit of money, did he? Yeah. He's my idol. I'm telling you. Well, you know, if yeah, he could get yeah, that we, merchandising yeah. thing down, yeah, here really? yeah. <laughs> he'd really have something. Wouldn't he does Margaritaville places. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, he's uh, he's quite a remarkable person and a great businessman. And uh, like he said, I heard him say. That. The smartest thing he ever did was like
1: put good people around him, yes. you know. Yeah, he was like, no. I'm not the smartest guy, which you know, you're smart, you a smart guy, yeah. He's but smart I mean, enough to pick the right person, yeah, that's <laughs> absolutely, that's right. But, um, but it was yeah, so funny I mean, in Key
2: West back then. I mean, it was like you know, things like meant to be you should have turned left and sure. you turn right. Yeah, it was yeah. that same sort of thing. It was like uh, uh, Bill McKean wrote a book called uh, Mile Marker Zero, and he talks about the the energy and the whole artistic movement that happened in Key West. That that time that I was fortunate enough to live there, you yeah. know, and meeting all the writers and Tom McGuane and I don't know, it's too many to name. I mean, yeah, yeah. just tons and tons of people there, and it was just incredible. It's uh, changed so a little bit, hasn't it? It has, uh, not for the better. Yeah, right. I, I'm, I, Last time I was there, I was disappointed, and I think that I think the end of Key West came with the introduction of the cruise ships. I, yeah, I agree to And if they would have just kept the cruise ships out of there, it would still be. Well, wouldn't be the same, but it I
3: wouldn't guess, be what it is now. Yeah, right. I
1: guess my last question for you is then we'll let you go, but I, I think this is an important question that folks want to know. So I, I, don't care if I don't care if everybody wants to <laughs> I I care know. I don't care who else wants to know. You know we want to know. Obviously, <laughs> I've seen your paintings yeah. forever now, for probably 30 years. And, uh, you know, where do you draw? I mean, I always find is when I talk to songwriters, i got cousins, friends that are in bands, and, you know, and I used to write music myself a little bit. Uh, so where do you find the inspiration behind the paintings that you do I mean uh, and I think that's real that comes from in here you know yeah well
0: some of it we see that you you know you've got pieces that you started 10 or 15 years ago uh, and you're just now coming back to yeah
2: there's one the one I've been sitting for at least a year that's been sitting in my studio it was a three panel piece that I just finished and uh, I had this idea and I got so far on it and then I just kind of couldn't figure out where to go with it at a block yeah It was on the block. I just couldn't decide. (laughs) Okay, okay. You know, there were lots of options. I just didn't know which one. And I I liked it the way that it looked then, but I knew it wasn't finished. It had to go somewhere. And uh, so I just, I did other things on it. But I have to tell you a great quote. uh, Chuck Close, which is a famous painter in New York, uh, really, guy's incredible. He said, inspiration is for amateurs the rest of us just get up and go to work (laughs) (laughs) and that's the way you know I go out I get up and go in the studio and I start painting or drawing or whatever I'm working on. So it's just organic. Yeah you know I mean I I have projects that are stretched out over months and sometimes I'm painting on two or three paintings at the same time. I just didn't know if you were like riding down the road. Oh no no that absolutely happens. Okay because I used to write songs
1: I I would just be riding down the road and I would See somebody standing on the sidewalk arguing with somebody, and all right. of a sudden they're like two th- or three lines, or a whole course would yeah. come out in a song, you know, and get home and scratch it on paper. And after the song was all done, it wound up being about my daughter, which had nothing to do with what I saw, right? Then, you know, but I mean, <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, so, it's where the thread uh, took you. Absolutely, yeah. yes, sir. Yeah, the. Uh, so I was just curious about that, because I mean, <laughs> obviously they're amazing, and uh, I just, I just, I always like the backstory I, of those I, kind of things. I was
2: uh, sitting outside on our on our porch one day, Gene and I were talking about something, and I, and she said, "What are you doing?" As i was kind of looking around i said you really want to know what i'm doing <laughs> she said well no but <laughs> <laughs> I said see that shadow up there i said yeah watch that shadow move and she said really i said yeah now see that shadow it crosses that two by six there and it goes onto the bladed ceiling fan and then you know I, was, I had this whole description of this what i was looking at and right. so she's going you're really weird. <laughs> <laughs> what are you smoking? <laughs> so, I mean, that's I told you to stop that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's how I live my day. Is I'm always looking at things right. and yeah. and I'm making. I make. I painted millions of paintings that I never painted. Right. <laughs> well, do you, do you have ADD like I do. You can probably tell I'm kind of Probably I somewhat. See, I, have a, yeah. I do. I mean, I'm yeah. just. Well, that's
0: know, to me. That's such my a. My channel re-
1: changes real fast, and I'm just. You can probably tell how I talk and. Yeah. I'll be like talking Get to distracted. y'all like hey, hey bird you know, you know. but well, I mean but I think that opens up that part of your your mind and your, your intellect that you see I, things out of the box like I do I mean, I'm I, not I, sure that's ADD
3: no
0: that's creative I don't know
1: what that's called but well, uh,
0: it's a refreshing way to look at life honestly it, it is. is when you know when you're not thinking when you're thinking out, I mean it's not even
1: outside of the box it's not even near the box and it's
0: there's just a well, I'm behind
1: like left field behind the fence we'll yeah. and he's like man why are you doing this I'm like well because I think this this and this and I'm on the front of the boat talking to myself and, he, <laughs> yeah. and he's back there listening to me he goes he'd make a comment and he goes Donnie I think, I think it's crazy just to hear how you what were you saying to me how you you see something and then you yeah. theorize it out loud right. and then you answer it out loud and theorize it again mm-hmm. and he goes. Yeah, that's
2: just crazy yeah. to me. And that's how I am. I mean, the bad part about it is, is it's so easy to get distracted that when you go into another room, <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 yeah.
1: So you gotta have a. In your case,
0: you
2: gotta have a painting in every room that you're working yeah, on. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Just go from one to the Here's next. The kitchen to the kitchen, exactly. The next. Yeah. I heard a joke the other day. says the guy was so proud of himself because he walked into a room and he remembered why he was there. He said, "It was the bathroom." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mr. Cocker, how about tell everybody at home? How people can get in touch with you about your uh, resorts, like your email address, your website, and all that kind of stuff. So anybody listening, they can look you up, and they want to go down to I, your resort and obviously come here to the shop, eat well, dinner, and shop, and all that kind of good if stuff. If
2: you if you want to go to the resort, that's easy. You will be speaking to my wife Jean, who handles the the keys to the gate to the lodge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But anyway, the uh, the website's the easiest thing because on that website are all the different. Places, the restaurant, and everything else you can go to. And it's just blackflyoutfitter.com. Blackflyoutfitter.com. So, very simple. Oh, okay. And
0: we'll get, that'll get blackflyoutfitter.com and get you everywhere you need to be. That's right. Right. Well, Mr. Cochran, it's been yeah. a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. It has been, yeah. Thank you very um, much. All your people here that we've dealt with uh, today and in the past have been great. You have uh, a first class, man. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's first class. Thank you very much for being on the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's, a, it's been
1: a privilege to speak, speak with you. And I never in a million years thought we could.
0: I mean, talking to you yeah love to have you on again one day at some point I'd love love to do it we
1: need to do it in a more exotic location that sounds great to (laughs) me I'm I'm a simple guy how about let's me and you go fly fishing one day there you go (laughs) (laughs) All right, this is the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast thank you thank you hey guys you've been listening to the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast check us out on the web at backwaterhustle.wordpress.com or check us out on Facebook at Backwater Hustle the Fishing Podcast you can reach us at bckwaterhustle at gmo.com and hit us up on instagram at at bckwaterhustle this has been the Backwater Hustle Fishing Podcast
3: out that's all it is Captain Donnie